Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Father, I just pray, Lord, that every word that comes from my mouth, God, is from you, and it is a seed that, that lands on the hearts of your people, God. And I just pray that from that, there's a harvest that we can see, God, that's 10, 20, 100-fold, God, and we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, crazy story. Uh, I had a sermon that I was going to, not this one, um, that I was going to preach, had it done like two weeks ago, and I was just kind of fleshing it out and, you know, really getting it in me. And, and so I was at home and I was in my office and, and I, was, I was looking it over and I was going through it. I like to read through it like four or five times before I preach it once. And, and, and then sometimes I even come in here and I preach it to empty chairs. And, and I do that almost every single time I preach. And so, um, they're just when I was when I was going through it, I just felt disconnected. Um, but I just I was like, God, what what is going on? What is going on? And and so finally, I came I came to the church and I put on I, right here, and I put on some worship music and God just the Holy Spirit just kind of wrecked me. And then I wrote this one about four hours ago. Um, and just forgive me if it's a little clunky, um, but I feel that that that. Clunky with God is better than polished without. Would you, would you agree with that? So um, anyway, so one of the things that I've been, that I, I, I struggle with sometimes, and I don't know if um, you, you can relate, I think you can, but how many have ever felt maybe a little bit disconnected from God? Just show of hands. I think there are times where we can go through seasons where, you know, we, we feel his presence thick. Where, I mean, it's, you walk into a room and, man, you can, you can feel him. You, you're, you're in Safeway and you're, you're like, give me the PA because I'm going to start praying over people. Like, you, you, you feel him. And then there's moments where it's like, okay, God, what, what's going on? I, I don't I don't feel you like I did. What's what what's happening? Maybe it 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 kind of feels like maybe sometimes our prayer you know our prayer life maybe be may maybe falling a little short. And not that God's not hearing us. It's just like imagine if like a prayer is like you launching an arrow and it, instead of hitting into the prayer, into the throne room, it's hand, like left side of heaven, right? You know, it's like that's the area that God doesn't go very often. It's just like it's not that it's intentional. It's just a little like, man, God, there, there's just some, there's something I'm not connecting with you, or maybe that worship song that you once yeah, that just moves you to to your core. Like I have a worship playlist on Spotify, and it's the, the the one at the top of the list is always the one that's moving me the most. So right now it's Breakthrough, right? That song, you know, moves me deeply, and and then. You know, it kind of goes on from there, and and you know, you you put on maybe it's oceans or or you know, holy ground or whatever it is for you, you know, and it's just it, it's a little bit lackluster. You're like, God, man, what what is going on? And just all in all, it just it kind of feels that the the connection with God is just it's a little bit lacking, or maybe you would even go as far as to say that 
maybe the, by the way that we're, our thought life or, or what's coming out of our mouth or our actions or lack thereof has somewhat disqualified us from that connection. That maybe somehow I've, I've lost somewhat of, a, of, of approval with God. So, so I've, I've disqualified, not, not from anything that he's done, but from my behavior or my, what I'm going through has kind of put up a little bit of a barrier and I feel disqualified. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Andy, I mean, the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, and you're 100% right. But what I have a hard time with is, is when we feel that way. The Bible, well, I'm, not, I'm not arguing the validity of what the Bible, I believe the Bible is 100% true. But when our feeling doesn't match what the word of God says, what do we do in that scenario? What do we do when we feel completely disconnected or, dis, or we feel completely disqualified from what God has for us? Here's the reality is that we are believing a lie. That we are believing a lie that we actually can do something greater than what the cross is that disconnects us or that disqualifies us. And look at, I'm not talking about a person that is using salvation as a cover-up for sinful living. I'm not talking about someone that is using salvation as fire insurance so that they can live whatever way they want. I'm talking about people that are, that are saying, look at Jesus, you are the Lord of my life and I love you and I feel like I can't commune with you. If I couldn't hang out with my wife on a regular basis, I would feel the disconnect and I would, it would not be good. It would not be good at all. She's going on vacation with her mom here in a few months and it's gonna suck. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I'm glad she's going. Okay, just throwing that out there. That's for her, not any of you. But when you look at the word disqualified, it, 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 it literally means a person who is declared ineligible for an office, position, activity, or competition because of an offense or an infringement. Meaning, because of their actions, they are no longer able to hold a position. Some, some, I like to look at words that also mean the same thing. Disqualified, similar words are ineligible, banned, excluded, or prohibited. Sometimes I feel like I, 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 because of the way that I think or the things that I may say or the things that I may do, I exclude myself from connecting with God. I exclude myself from being able to get a hold of my Lord and Savior and be able to cry at his feet and say, God, I need you in my life. I need this from you. And I feel that, God, I, I may be able to go through the motions, but at the same time, there's not that intimacy there. We're going through it. We're going through the, 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 the stuff. We're doing the stuff that we need, the things that used to work. But somehow there's... There's nothing there. And I know what you're, what, what, you, you know, the thing is, is that there's a conflict. There's a conflict between what I know to be true and what I know the word says and how I feel. So what do we do? What do we do in this scenario? We have to remind, refresh, and renew what the Bible says 
and, and what we're, not just about what the Bible says, but specifically what the Bible says about the great lengths our Father in heaven is willing to go to, re, uh, to restore and maintain relationship. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And yes, we're looking at the whole chapter. And before you uh, freak out, I'm just, we're not reading the whole thing. We're going to be looking at just sections, okay? <laughs> Promise. So I'm a Bible student, so most important thing when you're looking at any section of Scripture is context, okay? So getting context, we, we, look, at, we look at verse 1. It says, then all tax collectors, then, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, Pause. There are three things that you can pretty much count on Jesus doing. One, pissing off religious people. Two, and me just saying that probably, just saying. Two, miracles, and three, hanging out with sinners. And sometimes he does all three in one section. And so in typical Jesus fashion, he knows what's going on with the religious, so he, he, he starts to share some parables. The first one is found in verse four through seven, and it's the parable of the lost sheep. And we know the story. We know that he goes, you know, it, you know, let's say you guys had 100 sheep and you lose one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 to go rescue the one, throw it over your back, bring it back, and rejoice with your neighbors that what once was lost is now found? Right? It makes great song lyrics. Verses 8 through 10 is talking about the lost coin. In a woman, what you have is you have, this, you have this woman who has 10 silver coins and she loses one. And she tears up the house trying to find it. Just so you know, one of those silver coins is essentially a day's worth of wages. Imagine you work an eight to 10 hour shift. Back then they were working like 14, but let's just say eight to 10 hour shift and you, your boss decided, you to pay, decided to pay you every day what you worked that day. And you got that and you took it home and, and you lost it. How frantic and how destroyed would your house be trying to find that? And then the third one is the parable of the lost son. My, the new King James that I have has the parable of the lost son. Your version may say the prodigal son. I personally like the parable of the lost son, lost son title because it works in my sermon. But also because I think it depicts the story a, a, a little bit more adequately. And so when we, look at these, when we look at these parables, there's kind of an overarching message in all three. It brings me to my first point. A sheep, a coin, and a son. He's telling you a story. He's telling us a story of the lengths that God is willing to go and uses varying degrees in which he is wanting to restore and maintain connection. First one, he talks about the, the phrase that catches, my, that catches my eye is, which man of you having a hundred sheep stands out? And in, in this phrase, what they're saying is this is Jesus is, you know, inferring that 
This, this is a wealthy person. Imagine it like this. Imagine you had a hundred $1 bills in your pocket and you were going on a trip. And so you're going on a trip and you go, you know, let's say you're going to Disneyland, right? You're going to Anaheim. Okay. And, and you, you're going there and you need to stop because you're hungry. And so you stop in Linwood and you go to Panera or something, or you go to a gas station or whatever. And you, when you reach in your pocket and you pull something out, you pull your keys out of your pocket, a dollar bill falls on the ground. Then you reach your destination of Disneyland and you realize, hey, I only have 99 bills. It would be reckless of you to leave the 99 to go get the one, right? Hence why we have the song, Reckless Love. It is reckless of the father to leave the 99 to go for the one. But he's painting a picture. He's saying, that one is worth going after. I'm willing to risk this 99 because look it, there are more ones than there are 99s. I'm willing to put everything on the line. I'm willing to send my son to get the one. I don't think you believe me. Okay. <laughs> the next section is you have the, you have the woman. Imagine you are late for work and you lose your keys. This happens to me on a regular basis. I have a five-year-old son. That's what I like to blame it on, but it's really because I just don't know where I put my keys most of the time. And I, and, and, and I only have one car key to my car. So when I lose my keys, I tear the house apart. I am frantic. I am desperate. I have to have those keys. Are you catching my, the, the picture? Jesus is desperate. Jesus is wanting the, that, that silver coin back. Not because, he need, because he's greedy, because he is desperate to have connection with you. He is desperate to have you back in his life. He's desperate to have that connection once again. And then the last parable, this is where we're going to stay for a second. Hang on, I'm thirsty. The last one is the parable of the lost son. We're not going to, this is a, it's a great story. Go read it. It's one of my favorites. It's been preached a lot. It's a, it's a story of a, of a guy, he goes up to his father and says, look it, I, you're as good as dead to me. I want what is mine. Give me it. Father does. And he goes to a faraway land. And he li- the Bible says that he began, began to live prodigal living. And what that is, you know, he spent it on, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, all those things, right? And then there's a famine in the land and he runs out of money and he finds himself in the pig pen. And he's finding himself starving and actually longing for the slop that the pigs are eating. And then he comes, and then he, then he has this revelation. He goes, hey, my, my, my dad's servants have so much bread that they have leftovers. How about I go back to my dad and I could be a servant and at least I'll be fed. My servant, the servants at my father's house are treated better than what I'm being treated. You know, I used to read this story from the perspective of the prodigal because like anybody, I have a little bit of a checkered past. I'm a little, I made some really dumb decisions in my life. Even though I grew, you know, grew up in church, I lived in my parents' house and then I moved into my wife's house. But... That does not mean I didn't make really bad choices in the process. 
And I used to relate, to my, I used to relate more to the prodigal than to anybody in the, in the story. But right where this young man right here is sitting, at 1.30, God wrecks me. And he gives me the, he gives me the perspective of, of, of a person in the story I wasn't expecting, and it's the father. Why? I ask God, why, why? I'm literally, I'm moving all around here, and I'm, I mean, it's literally to a point where I can't breathe. I'm like, God, why are you showing me this? And he says, because you are a father, and this is the only way you'll be able to see it from now on. Because if you see it the way I see it, you'll never feel disconnected again. Imagine for a moment, imagine for, for a moment, your son, your daughter comes up to you and says, I, I, I consider you as dead. Give me what I'm supposed to get when you die. The hurt and the heartache that, 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 that ensues from there. See, the thing that I've learned as a father is, is that your kid has has every, I used to, when I was writing this, I even have it down right there. It says a piece of your heart. Your kid has your whole heart. You can't talk. Um, <clears throat> your kid has your whole heart. And so when his son left, his heart left with him. I can only imagine the father when he left, standing there looking and only seeing his back and wondering and waiting if there would ever be a day where he saw him again. Verse 15 says, I'm sorry, verse 20 says, and he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The difference between the three stories was is, is that the, the, the shepherd left the sheep to go find the, the lost sheep. The woman who, who, didn't, who, who lost her coin tore up her house. But the difference between is, is that the free will of the son left. God is so much about free will and not violating it, he will allow us to make decisions that hurt us as an extension of love. He loves us so much, he will allow us to cho not choose him because no choice is not love at all. And so he goes, I know this is going to hurt you, but I will allow you to make that. And then when the, the son comes to his, the Bible, uh, I'm jumping ahead, but in, 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 uh, in, in lay, earlier, he, it says that he came to his right mind. And when he came to his right mind, he ran to the father. The father was, it says, but when he was still a great way off, that means he was still looking. It means he was looking from his vantage point, from the porch. I just, this is what I see. Is I see a guy just sitting there looking at the road, waiting for his son to come home without any guarantee that he will. But the moment he sees it, it's our baby, our boy is home. Come on. 
and they run after him. And before he has this whole, once again, I'm not going to read it, but he has this whole thing planned out. He's going to say all of this stuff. But while he's talking, he says, put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet and a robe on his back. He says, because I know what you did hurt me. And that's okay because I'm a good God and I can handle it. You didn't know, but now you do. And we're connected again. And see, and here's the thing is, is that when we get to, when we feel this disconnection, we can live a long time disconnected. We kind of get on autopilot. We kind of get on, you know, we kind of get on cruise control. And we just, and we, we say the right things. We do the right things. We know the buzzwords, amen, hallelujah, all that. How are things going? Things are great. I'm blessed. But yet, on the inside, we're dying. And yet, on the inside, we, we're just longing for that connection again. And what happens is, is we get to a breaking point. The son, in verse 15 I'm sorry, in verse 17, it says, but when he came to himself, the message translation says, that, what is that? That is all the stuff he went through, eating, you know, eating the slop and all of that. He says, that brought him to his senses. It's very simple. It's a two-step process. One, we have to make a decision. He says, but when he came to himself, He had the thought. It came into his mind. And then the second thing is he had to make a decision. Not a, sorry. He had to actually, he had to take action, sorry. Verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. See, we can have all of the right intentional thoughts, but if that, those intentional thoughts do not lead to intentional action, what good is the thought? I can think about connecting with God, but if it does not lead to my actually connecting with God, am I actually connected? No. We have to get to a point where we're connecting with Jesus on a regular basis, that we're fighting through, that we're getting through, and we're saying, God, I don't care. I don't care. If we want something, if we want something new to change in our life, we have to do something new. See, here's the thing, guys, it's like we can, we can go through the, the, the motions and we can go through the process and we can, we can make the right choices. We can read our Bible every day, but still, if it's just a relig- religious motion and obligation, we're still disconnected. We're still disconnected. And God, Jesus paid too much, too high of a price for us to just go through the motions. I want the worship team to come back up. And the last thing, the last point I have, there's a second thread. There's a second thread that connects all three of these parables. And it's, I never noticed it until today. It says in Luke 15, 6, it says, And when he came home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, 
for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Verse nine says, when she had found it, she calls to her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found that, pe that peace, which I lost. In verse 23, it says, bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. A lot of times, guys, I feel that, you know what, when I come, I, I may get reconnected or, or I may, may make that, you know, have that thought and, 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 and make that decision and, and go through and, and make that choice and take action. But I, I, I sometimes have this wrong perspective and it's a lie that somehow it's this laborious task on the part of the Father. So, okay. All right, come on. Did you learn your lesson? Let's go, come on. See, the Bible says that, I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. God is stoked when we come back. God is, God is excited. God is longing for us to connect once again. And so I, I wanna take the next nine minutes. I wanna take the next few minutes and I just want to invite you to come up. If you feel that in any way that you what you have thought, what you have said, what you have done, what you have gone through has somehow disconnected or disqualified you from connecting with the Father. I want you to come up and we're gonna pray. Before we ever chose him, he chose us. Before we ever made the decision to come up here, he was already waiting. Father, right now, I just thank you for what you're doing. God, I just pray right now, Heavenly Father, that you just begin to move in the hearts of your kids right now, Father. God, as we sing this song, Lord, God, that we, we truly understand the lengths in which you are willing to go to restore and maintain relationship with us, Father. God, I thank you for what you're gonna do in these hearts right here, God. And I just pray for everybody that is sitting, God, that you continue to strengthen the connection that you already have with them, God. I pray, Lord, that you just build a hedge of protection around them, God, that when the line may come, God, that they may be in a great season right now, but if the, God, we don't have to live in seasons. We live in seasons of, of, of tribulation, but we do not live in seasons of disconnection. God, so right now, I thank you for what you're doing right now in the name of Jesus.
Before I spoke a word, you were singing over You have been so, so good to me Before I took a breath, you breathed your life Shadow. 
we just thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. God, we thank you for the words that were given, God. We just thank you for everything that you're doing right now, God. God, I just pray, Lord, that the love that you have for us, God, is confirmed tonight, God, that it is sealed and it is, it is, it is steadfast, God. It is, de- it is rooted deep inside of us, God. God, that we are able to stand firm. And so when the lie comes that says that we are disqualified or disconnected, God, that we can fight it back with the truth. And the truth that is that, God, you, that there is nothing that can separate us from your love, Father. God, that that, that knowledge can travel the 18 inches from our head to our heart. God, that we can not just know it, but know it in our heart and it's rooted deep and it actually becomes a weapon against that lie. And we thank you for what you're doing in and through our life, God, and in and through this church, God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, you are free to go. Prayer team is gonna be up here if you need prayer. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.